And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. Yeah, great question. You are the power. And you do not need anybody's permission. Great question. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. That is literally a brilliant question. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Welcome back to the program is a metaphysical powerhouse, psychic medium, Lisa McGarity. I have known her for so many years. She knew me when I only had one chin and hair on top of my head and hope for the future. And she is awesome. And this is the second time we're doing a one-on-one interview with her. You can learn more about Miss McGarity by going to her website at lisamcgarity.com and also Go to her store at EnvisionCrystal.com. This is a metaphysical store I go to on a regular basis. They have a lot of great candles, uh, oils, things that will help you. And there's something you should know about Lisa. A couple weeks ago on the show, I was telling you about how I did this taping of this show about serial killers for a client. And I ran in to go see Lisa, and she was saging me down. This is the Lisa I was referring to. And she wasn't saging me down because... Uh, the energy, she's like, she was saging me down because she's like, God, you haven't taken a shower, so I'm just saving you down. <laughs> Mr. Garrity, welcome Hello, back Ryan. to the program. How are you? <laughs> I'm terrific. How are you? I am doing unbelievable. So in the course of your, I guess, development and evolution, you've told me that you are working towards becoming a shaman, that you are doing a lot of more, I guess, advanced techniques. What does it take to be a shaman? What is the difference between that any person who is just your conventional energy healer? Well, I think that right now we're experiencing a real opening in the Western world in terms of spiritual healing and spiritual practices. And one of the ways it seems to be coming through is through different people picking up the practice of shamanism. So this would be folks who want to help their clients with, you know, uh, generational curses or... Uh, soul retrieval, any anything that may have impacted our lives on the spirit plane and caused us to get off track or caused us to lose power. That's what a shaman can help you with. Okay. So do, do, is, 
do you become more knowing as a shaman because you have a more more intimate or more intense relationship to the source or knowing? Do you have to kind of modify your lifestyle? Do you have to you know become less attached to things that most people are attached to in the modern world? Is it more of a um, kind of withdrawal from the world that we know it in order to magnify or intensify the connection? I think that's a super good question. I think for the people that I'm studying with right now, what each of them have described to me and what I've experienced too is that you have a tendency to just turn much more towards spirit in your day-to-day life and maybe tune out a little bit of the hecticness and the rat race of conventional living. So if anything, I would say we're just going to tune ourselves more to, to the spiritual reality and maybe step back just a bit from the everyday reality. I never want to get to the place where I'm not participating in everyday three-dimensional reality because I do think that's sacred and that's the reason we come to the earth too. But I also like to leave space in my life for spiritual practices like mediumship and meditation, all the things that put me in deep communication with spirit. All right, and as a shaman, as you progress along this path, Have you observed that you are pulling into your visualizations or gut feeling different types of spirits? Are you able to see spirits and communicate with certain spirits that you weren't able to before because of the energies that you are currently dealing with? Right now at this stage, I don't think I would ever say, oh, I'm a shaman. And in general, it's not it's not considered good practice or wise for someone to declare themselves a shaman. Today, I'm a shaman. That's really not in general how it works. But what I am doing is I'm studying with another person who is a practitioner of shamanism, and I'm learning the skills. And yes, what you've asked me is, is absolutely what's going on. I'm tuning into new spiritual guides and helpers, and I'm kind of moving in a new direction. I've been working with different animal spirits and different personal spirits. It's been a real transition over the last few years, and it's allowed me to um, get back in touch with my ancestors and also be even more helpful, I think, to my clients. And so that's what's really exciting for me. Uh, That's really awesome. And, you know, when you talk to clients and you they tell you about what's going on in their life and you have that extrasensory perception, you're able to communicate with spirits. Because we are in the physical body and we have this illusion of time, are the spirits, are the spirits that you communicate with, are they also bound by any form of time? Even though they're in time of state, are they ever growing or progressing? Do you ever see a spirit that you once saw maybe six months ago, a year ago, kind of change state or change form as a result of being in time. And I guess the other question to add on top of that is when a person is in a non-physical form, yet they believe that they are human, are they kind of bound by the foundations of time, even though they are in spirit form, because they believe that they are still human, because they haven't accepted the idea that they have moved on? Super good question. So the first part of your question is, does time influence spirits the same as it influences us humans, right? That's basically what you're, yeah. Okay, I mean, I always say, and I've I've always been taught that as human beings and, uh, you know, residents here on planet Earth, we are the children of time. We live inside the circle of time, at least for right now, while, while we're here on the planet. I do feel, in fact, it's very, very interesting. I'm having 
um, an experience right now with a spirit that I first encountered when I was about 31 years old, and let's just say I'm a lot older than that now. Um, 32. When I, when I um, first met this uh, particular doctor, I met this doctor in Dream Life who gave me some very practical advice on how to improve my health. I followed that advice. I got better. I never had a dream with that particular doctor again. Just recently, all of a sudden, this doctor is back in my dreams and my meditations, giving me all kinds of new health advice. The interesting thing is, yes, I definitely feel that I've grown and evolved, but I do feel that he as a spirit has grown and evolved. He's funnier. He's more specific. He seems to understand, you know, how his clients will receive him. He cracks more jokes, and he gives me much more involved and evolved information. And the way he appears to me has changed somewhat, too, as if he has aged, which I think is so interesting. So time's gone by, and yes, I do feel one of my spirit helpers has been changed by time. Okay. We have heard this before, that when a person dies, they get their life review, they learn all the things they are meant to learn within their within the life incarnation. So you're in the physical body, you die, and then you get that life review, okay, and that's one life. What? The fact that you are communicating with a spirit who, I guess, was human and is still evolving, does that technically imply that that person is still carrying out a different phase of their physical life incarnation as that human being, which means that maybe they were meant to live 90% in the physical form and do another 10% in the non-physical, then complete their life incarnation as the consciousness within the um, human being or the mentality of that personality. Then after that, maybe withdraw, become a completely different being? I definitely think so, yes. In fact, I think what can happen, I think there's actually so many more options than just that steady story that we all hear in spiritual communities, that you die, you go to the light, you do your life review, you make choices. I think that's a good outline of what seems to happen to most most people at the point of death. But I actually think we have more choices than that. And I think that there are those advanced spirits or super compassionate spirits who make a deliberate choice to exist in the next realm and be helpers and guides for the people that are still here living. And so, for instance, if I'm, if I'm in communication with a spirit who was a doctor and helped the sick while he was alive, he may still wish to be a doctor and still help people with their physical ailments from the spirit realm. So his will is, seems to be making the choice to stay in the spirit realm because perhaps he can help more people or deliver his information in the way that he wants to. I feel that his free will is so powerful, and that's something we all should remember, is that we have so much choice about where our soul goes and what we focus on and how we use our energy. Awesome. And because you are very sensitive, because you have information that I guess maybe typical person doesn't have access to the knowledge and access have you ever seen any future projections of who you will be in another lifetime have you ever had an experience where you were in direct contact with your higher self like you you yourself in the future was actually advising you in the present moment about things you were destined to do in this lifetime i i think that yes the answer is yes because after all Time is a bit of an illusion. We know this, right? And it's my belief that we can incarnate either forwards or backwards in time. So 
you know, it's kind of a mind blower when you think about it, right? But if I wanted to come back in my next life and live in what is the consensus of 1886 for some reason, I believe I have the choice to do that. Because when the universe is, when we're outside of this universe, then we know that all time is actually one moment. So yes, at any given moment, you can make contact, each of us can do this with your own higher self, and you can change. And when you change, you're changing all your lifetimes forward and backwards in time. So some people talk in terms of you have consecutive lives, that you're living parallel lives even, that you might be in two different realities at once. And I know for my own sake, and I bet a lot of your listeners have had this happen too, I feel like I may have sort of flipped back and forth in between those two dimensions or two of my lifetimes. I've had quick flashes of of another existence. And I don't think I'm the only one. I think lots of people have those experiences. They may just call it a daydream or they may just feel like it's deja vu. But I definitely feel that um, this is something that we experience as humans. Sure. Of all the flashes you've had, are there any particular lifetimes you're like, oh man, that was really cool. I wish I could go back to that one. And how would you gauge this lifetime in all the other lifetimes that you're aware of? Like, does it crack the top 10? Does it crack the top five? Is this the number one best one? <laughs> is this the best lifetime? Is this the well, best one? I think this is definitely one of the best lifetimes. I, I really enjoy my life, and I go out of my way to really make the best of it every single day. I see my clients, and they're, you know, they're great people, and they're an inspiration. I live in a time and space when I can you know, research any kind of spiritual practice, and that's my passion, and I have so much you know, possibility and information available to me, so I'm really, really enjoying this lifetime. I, I love my, my life every single day. Awesome. And if you are familiar, if you ever go out to Eastern Long Island, it's a town called Port Jefferson, and you go to Lisa's store, it's always packed. It is always, always packed. It's like a wait line, I think, to get to you for about a year. It's, it's wonderful. I'm glad that you, you connect with so many different people. And in the course of working with some of your clients, have you ever come across a couple clients that have actually been there to teach you something, that have actually been a messenger to you, where even though you were doing a reading for them, they, by their very presence, were there to give you a definitive, specific message about something you were destined to do or a lesson they were there to teach you? Oh, sure, absolutely. In fact, every single week I think someone comes with important information that grows my heart or causes me to research something different. In particular, I remember um, a young man. I don't know why this stands out so much in my mind. I, I had an interesting client who, in order to protect his anonymity, I won't say too much, but basically he was falsely accused of a crime. And that, working with him, I worked with him on and off for a few years, really moved me into, you know, thinking about our justice system. That's just one example. And how often does that happen where someone's just completely falsely accused? I I think it does happen at times. You know, I, I get to meet lots of interesting people from all walks of life and really... Quite often, they bring me messages and information and inspiration, and that's one of the reasons I like sitting with clients so much. What would you say would be maybe two of the hardest things that you had to experience in this lifetime? And when I'm asking that, I'm asking you also at the same time, because of your advanced perception, does your advanced perception make things easier or harder? 
when you have gone through some of these uh, hardships? That's a really, I mean, how can I really know for sure? This is my experience, right? I think that, um, you know, you keep saying I have advanced perception. Yeah, I would I say you have so. advanced perception. I, I, okay. no, I'm going to say from my personal experience, I mean, people think differently. No, as far as I'm concerned, you're one of the most insightful people I've ever come across. My, I, I seriously would be in prison or be dead without Lisa McGarrity. <laughs> there, no, there would be no other limits of any truth if Lisa McGarrity did not show up in my life. I mean, you reminded me oh. my ex-girlfriend was going to kill me, and you were right. That's true, actually. Yes, true story. So, yeah, I um, but do I do I know what it would be like not to have my intuition? I really don't know. I I think that it helps me. I believe it helps me. Of course, I think it's easier. I'm going to be honest. I think it's easier, and I think that's one of the reasons I love teaching psychic development because when people click it to the on position and they have the extra information, I really think it enhances their life. I don't think it hurts or harms. Um, I know there's kind of a trend right now. I'm going to say something maybe I shouldn't, but I, I will. Right. I think there's kind of a trend right now. Um, I'm seeing it in the people who shop in the store. I'm seeing it, you know, on the Internet where folks are talking so much about, oh, I'm an empath and it's so hard. And I'm not going to say it's not hard because that is very difficult when you feel other people's emotions or you, you're very sensitive and you feel other people's pains. Yes, that that can be difficult. But I also think it's an extra gift, and we have to remember that, that if you have extra information, the more information you have coming in, that's really put there by, by the universe to help you and support you and to give you kind of some, a bit of a compass so that you can make your way in the world. So, you know, if you, if you are feeling other people's emotions, if you're having the empath experience, yes, that can be hard. But on the other hand, you can also get skills to cope with those extra emotions. And once you have it mastered, then it's a huge advantage, and it can really help you make your way in the world. So I think that my extra perception, if you want to call it that, you seem to like to call yes, it that. Yes, extra, extra perception. Extra perception. Mag magical extra perception. That's right. Which, um, I which, definitely think it helps. I do. And I think grounded. it should be for everybody. I just want to say that I feel you've always been grounded, too. I think there are some people who – Kind of try to have who have perception that maybe they're they're not grounded. But I always felt that you were very grounded. And when people are processing something intense, something sad, or even uh, a dramatic life change, and yet they are very spiritual, do you think that they should never get too far away from the fact that okay, psychology, the study of you know psychology is a part of human consciousness and that we should not completely discard it, that you know, incorporating metaphysical principles and scientific principles will give you a full range and full access to all the tools you need to get through a certain situation. Sometimes people kind of go too far into the metaphysics or even go too far into the mindset without even incorporating any metaphysical principles. Absolutely. I think that what can happen is folks go real quick to forgiveness when they haven't really processed their pain or go real quick to positive thinking when they aren't really paying attention to the warning that can come from cynicism or skepticism. A little healthy skepticism is always a good thing. And I think that one of the ways that I keep myself grounded is, first of all, I have to laugh at life because life is pretty funny, right? But also I say to myself, wait a second, if I'm having that little sardonic, skeptical moment. There's probably a good reason for that. Let me just let me just pay attention to that. You know, let's not rush all the way to 
fairy dust and rainbows. Let's do the whole the whole experience of being a human being, which includes sadness, which includes anger, which includes frustration, because that's how we're real. That's what makes us honest-to-goodness people, and that's also how we can actually evolve. If you only do love, light, love, light, love, light, and you never look at the dark, you won't actually be evolving, because the dark is really an important source as well. Awesome. It made me feel so much better, because I always talk about the destruction of humanity. It just, well, that's wonderful. Totally validation. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Totally awesome. You said, when you communicate with spirits and you have a client that's sitting there and they're talking to him. I you know, sometimes every time you watch these Hollywood mediums or you watch other shows, it's like they're, they're always getting these profound positive messages from the spirit saying your father says, Oh, you know, you're okay. Everything's well. You know, I love you. Do you, I mean, if a spirit is contacting you and saying, look, I don't know why this person's here. They're annoying. They drove me crazy. Do you, do you feel like you have a legal obligation to, or an ethical obligation to tell them, say, look, you know, your family in spirit is here. They don't like you very much. You <laughs> well, my not- regular clients would definitely be laughing right now if they're listening <laughs> to this because, yes, I tell the truth. I, I, whatever someone's saying, you know, I may clean up curse words. I do do that. <laughs> I edit a little bit. Um, you know, it's very funny, Ryan. I've known you for such a long time, and yeah. you've always been super supportive and encouraging to me. And you've always been encouraging me to go ahead with media and, and to do yeah, media. You're, and you're I've kind of dodged and ducked. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons I've dodged and ducked is because I don't always have that happy, smiley, positive information. A lot of times I do. But if there's still pain in the relationship, you know, a lot, the folks who are deceased might still be angry. They might still be sad. It might not be resolved yet. So I always give the message as I receive it. I don't put a smiley face on what's not a smiley face situation. Um, you know, that's only fair. People are coming here because they really want to talk to their deceased mothers and fathers and whoever, and I want to say what's really being said so they can have an actual conversation and there's a real exchange. So it can be real different, just like some people who are here alive are great and fantastic, and some are to be avoided. <laughs> Same thing with the with the deceased. Some are wonderful, some are funny, some are amazing, and some are to be avoided. So it's it it's not that much different than how we experience people right here in the in the flesh. Well, I think that that would be a refreshing change to to know that a medium would give people information that isn't happy happy i it's i think it'd be totally refreshing refreshing it would be a major shift because right i think it'd probably make people more relatable and when people are in spirit i guess the assumption is that automatically that okay they're either in heaven or they're in hell i think it comes from a lot of religious upbringing they say you're either you're either with jesus or you're a devil (laughs) burning in hell or you know you're drinking martinis on top of the clouds so, right, that can be the perception, right? <laughs> so when the spirits that you communicate, when they are saying things like condescending or they're not happy with the person there, can they be saying that information while at the same time residing in a heavenly-like state? Can you reside in heaven yet at the same time still retain some of your human-like instincts and say, look, you know, yeah, I'm in heaven. Yeah, I'm hanging out with, with JC and all the other you know spirits, but... At the same time, the person you're talking to, Ms. McGarity, the person who is still in the physical body, they were a jerk. And I'm saying that because, <laughs> you know. Right. What happens? Well, how well does... I think that our idea of heaven is a little bit 
maybe, you know, grade school. Is that okay for me to say? I don't totally. want to offend anybody. But I, I think that, you know, it's not angels in clouds with flowing capes and harps. You know, that's, that's really not what people report to me their experience is. I think many people who are deceased join up with their ancestors. So very often they go to either their parents or their grandparents or someone in their family line that they felt connected to. And very often, very, very often, I'm shown a big room full of people eating, drinking, and partying, and they're all from one one big family. So that's a, a very common thing I see in the next world. Another thing I see is someone who loved a particular line of work will very often go do that line of work only in the next world. Um, you know, one of my earliest experiences of mediumship when I was very young, as I, I was still a kid living in my mother's house, and I was speaking with someone who had lost their husband, and this was an adult, someone I didn't know about the husband, I didn't know anything, and, and the impression that this particular man gave to me was that he was building a house, and I felt foolish saying this, but I said, you know, I, I feel like he's building a house, he shows me uh, the the blueprints, and he shows me, you know, everything kind of going up, and immediately the woman started to cry, and apparently they had purchased land before he died, and they didn't have a chance to put up the house, but that is what they had planned to do. So in the next world, he went ahead, and he was finishing the house, and that's what he loved to do. He was a builder. He was a carpenter. He enjoyed that. I've had spirits come through and tell me they're doing more research when they were professors in actual life, or I've had spirits come through and tell me that they were, you know, helping, for instance, with medicine, because that's what they did in life. So people who are real passionate about their work often continue their work only just without a body, and that can happen in the next world, and that's their version of heaven, I believe. Uh, that's really wonderful, and I think it's great that you're in contact with all these beings and non-physical, and have you ever cultivated or developed relationships with spirits? So say, for example, somebody comes in, a client comes in, and you notice that you have incredible, great rapport with the person's grandmother. Does, a, does that person's grandmother kind of hang around and you guys can continue to talk and, you know, maybe you guys, you know, go on, you know, spiritual, metaphysical Facebook, you know, communicate with each other? And, spiritual Facebook. Or something, I don't know. So that, that, I don't that, know. That's, that's I don't do that, that, that much. That's the Zuckerberg uh, free Facebook without the government intruding. It's just like, you know. <laughs> that would be funny. Or, um, or like you, you can develop these relationships or maybe, you know, you ask this person's grandmother who's in spirit, say, look, you know, I, I'm thinking about this. Can you help me with this? Or do you guys have a dialogue or a rapport? Very often I hear from spirits and I, and I end up saying to the client, I'll say, I really like your mother, your father. I feel like if they were here, we'd all be drinking coffee and laughing. And, and then, you know, very often the person says, oh, yeah, I think, I think you would get along with my father or my mother, whoever. You know, I have that feeling of rapport. Um, I have had relationships with the deceased, but in general, when it's my clients, when they go, I let their ancestors go. I don't generally hang out with them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can make relationships with folks who have passed on, and that's who our spirit guides and helpers often are, right, is people who used to have a body and people who used to be alive, and now they've chosen to reside in the spirit realm. Well, if you develop these relationships, how can a person tell the difference between a spirit that is a friendly spirit or one that has negative intentions that is deceiving you into becoming your friend only their ulterior motive is to kind of be a leech and kind of drain the life and out take of your you. energy. Yeah. yeah, and that does happen, and it's important that people realize that that 
sometimes, and I've even seen it with people who believe that they're channeling very high-level beings, but in effect what's happening is that there's a spirit that's just kind of toying with them and, you know, enjoys the adulation or enjoys (laughs) the attention, right? And so some really well-meaning people with good intention can sometimes bring through some mischievous, not-so-helpful spirits. A good way to figure that out is find out if you're getting concrete, helpful information. If the information that comes through is reliable and researchable and actually checks out, you know, most of the time, then you've probably got a real good spiritual helper. Also, they should leave when you want them to leave. So if you're doing a morning meditation, you're sitting for 20 minutes in the morning and you're, you're chatting with your spiritual helpers and then you need to go to work, they shouldn't be following you to work and interrupting your day all day because that's usually a sign of a spirit that's not respecting your, your personal sovereignty and your personal space and just kind of hanging out in your energy field. And that can be a bit of a red flag. Depends on the situation, but that's a, that's a good indicator. And one of my favorite books, well, I'd say line of books is by a gentleman named Joe Navarro, and he talks a lot about body language. And I, I keep on going to these books because it, it, he always says that doesn't matter how people speak. It doesn't matter the tonality of their voice. You have to observe their body language because you're getting 90% of the communication. Well, when you communicate to a person who is in spirit, you don't get the body language. But are there certain telltale signs that you can decipher when communicating with the spirit that they are not being truthful or they have different intentions? Are there, let's say, would you would they have a certain color reading? Would they be emitting a certain sound or frequency? Would you be getting a certain intu- intuitive feeling that no matter what the spirit's saying, you know, saying I have peaceful intentions, yet there's something off about it. So how would you right. equivalate uh, the body language aspect of reading a person, I guess, in the physical form? That like, the, 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 I'm looking for is what is the body language equivalent to the, the spirit when you're communicating with the spirit? Well, you're right that you're not going to necessarily be able to read body language the way we do human to human here amongst folks who are alive because you know if you're with someone here in the 3d it happens so quickly we interpret body language so quickly as human beings we just have a kind of subconscious program i think running doing that all the time but when you're in communication with spirits one thing that all traditional religions teach us is that you have to test the spirits you can't simply just accept something being delivered to you as true because it came you know, in a purple light or with golden halo on top, because mischievous spirits can pose and show themselves in a fashion that looks illuminated. So really the only thing you can do is look at the quality of the information. But one red flag is if a spirit starts telling you how special you are and that you've been divinely chosen, it's a little bit of a red flag because they're feeding your ego. And you have to kind of say to yourself, wait a second, is this real? Is this a legitimate calling on my life to do a big project? Or is this just a mischievous spirit that's going to feed my ego? You know, it's like those bad boyfriends, right, that tell you how beautiful you are. That's happened to you, Ryan, right? Yes, all, my, so all my bad boyfriends. You're so, they, yeah. It's all like, oh, come on, you're so wonderful. <laughs> right. So if they're too much of a sweet talker, that's a bit of a red flag. Women know that, or at least most women know that, right? But... Same thing with the spirit realm. If if they're telling you too much or if they're making you feel too big-headed and too special, that's a big red flag that they may not have the best of intentions. 
and you really need to kind of double check who you're talking to. And again, Lisa, one of the things I talked to you about before and you've talked a lot about and you do so well is you do these very wonderful and powerful light spells and it puts a lot of you know, great energy out there. If a person casts an intention into the universe and they're trying to manifest something and they're utilizing a candle or they're utilizing something like lavender oil or dragon's blood or some of the other products they can get at your store, which is, by the way, envisioncrystal.com, what is that doing? Is that magnifying the power of their prayer? Is it making their prayer louder? Is it uh, pushing out things that could be blocking their attention from physically manifesting? What is the, um, I'd say, the metaphysical breakdown of one of the spells that you do? Well, I think the, the tools that we use, like candles and crystals and oils, herbs, those are all basically just kind of keys and tones for the subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind is really where intentions um, are processed and come into being out into the physical reality. So, for instance, a amethyst crystal may be symbolic of psychic development. So if you wanted to work towards psychic development, you could choose herbs that also correspond like lavender or anise or mugwort. And you may want to choose also a purple candle and put all those symbols together. And the symbols all kind of come together like a little package. And that package is charged with your intention and your desire. It goes into the substance of the universe and then, boom, manifests the way you want it to manifest as long as you're doing it with the attitude of for the good of all, with harm to none, and as long as you're doing it in a way that's not going to be disruptive to the people around you, it's very effective and it's very safe. Ms. McGarity, we have time for a few more questions, and now we're going to focus on what's going to potentially happen in the future. Future forecast with Ms. Lisa McGarity. <laughs> That's the first one. <laughs> you want to know about the future? I want to know about the future. And uh, if anyone wants to know, no, there will be no food or hummus left in my fridge in the next hour. I will, it will disappear. <laughs> it's Dis gone, it like magic. Disappear. <laughs> and uh, another chin on my face will appear. Gee, coincidence? We don't know. No. <laughs> first question is, everyone's talking about 5G. Oh, we're going to have 5G. There's 5G cell tower networks. They're going to be appearing all over the U.S. Apparently... They're utilized to harm skin. It's apparently, it's very dangerous technology. Do you foresee this 5G networks that are being rolled out? Will that they'll it'll have a negative effect on humanity, and also because there's so much radiation that it could potentially cut people off from fully experiencing a clear meditative state, knowing that the body is maybe going to be spending a lot more of its time, effort, and energy healing and fighting off this radioactive or this radiation? Well, it is a giant science experiment, right? None of us, none of us knows for sure what will happen with 5G. We don't know. Um, and so far, we haven't succeeded so well with, you know, with the technology that we already have. It's really been detrimental, especially for young people. People who are teenagers today are struggling a lot with anxiety and depression. And I can't help but think that it might it might be connected to, you know, the fact that they always have the cell phone in their hand. I, it seems to be a one-to-one -one connection to me. I do believe that it's something we're going to have to protect ourselves from. 
We're going to have to have times where we are either using crystals, using technology to be able to shield a bit from the excessive radiation. That's just my my feeling about it. I also feel that there'll be a time when the technology will make a left-hand turn. And I think that it's not so far away, maybe seven or eight years in the future, where we may have a different way that is just as effective of communicating but won't be so dangerous to humanity. Since I'm such a, not a scientist, I, don't, I can't explain exactly the change, but I do perceive that change is coming and that this 5G is just a temporary blip on the screen. And one of the things we always talk about on our show is these elite, these powerful people who control most of the planet they seem to be increasing their grip on humanity. You know, you see the phones being tapped, the heart tyranny happening with Julian Assange, which I think is a, is a dramatic step in the wrong direction for, for freedom, especially press freedom. So where do you see humanity going in the next five to ten years as far as freedom goes? And if we are to have, let's say, for example, a break in the tyranny, or a moment or an era of human prosperity when it comes to freedom, what would it take for that to happen when you have people that may not be connected to the source, may not be feeling spiritual, metaphysical, that are so grained in their, in their mindset that absolutely believe they are no more than a human body that aren't open to that. So what do you think is going to happen in the next five, again, what do you think is going to happen in the next five, ten years for human freedom? And what could potentially allow a great period of human prosperity to happen in freedom without the tyrannical forces intruding upon us? We definitely are living in interesting times, right? There's so many things happening on the planet. And I agree with you that there's been a real crunch on our civil liberties. We, you know, we understand now that the government pretty much has access to any phone at any time. We're all communicating with them. So... All of our communications are no longer private. There's been a backlog, kind of a file created, at least in this country and in many countries throughout the world, of all of our personal information. And it's a little bit of a, of a frightening time. But I also think that the technology that has been created that's been meant to kind of enslave and categorize and put people in boxes, it's also working a different way. I mean, if you go on Twitter and you are curious about a subject, you see actual people for instance, just using Twitter as an example, posting their videos, their opinions. So there's, it's kind of a, a left and a right hand is happening simultaneously. The technology that was invented to really keep people enslaved in a lot of ways is actually setting them free. I think you will see a series of laws come into effect over the course of the next few years that will attempt to ensure more autonomy for people and more privacy. But I hate to say it, the genie's out of the bottle, right? Uh, you know, the, the files have already been created on all of us. And so it's something that we will have to spend maybe the next two or three decades trying to unpack, reorganize. I do believe that the generation just a little bit younger than you and I, 30s, 20s, etc., are going to be more aggressive in trying to find ways to protect their freedom. Especially, I think that will happen more so first in other countries and then come to the United States. Although, of course, the sentiment is here in the United States. We want more protection. That seems clear. And we talk about these technological evolutions. And say, okay, we're having this technology. We can communicate. But in the, in the spirit world, do you think that there could actually be a revolution or a technological evolution there that says, okay, well, in the spirit world, they've developed a technology which allows them to have communication with people in the physical body? 
like now, like right. could, could, could we see a major breakthrough and a techn- technological breakthrough in the spirit world? I think it's already happening. I think one of the things that's happened with our more advanced cameras and microphones that we're all carrying around in our pocket is that we're getting more photos that are of spirits and spiritual or- origin. We're getting more um, electronic voice phenomena and more EVP recordings. It's happening more and more and more. And so that is kind of breaking the veil or the line of demarcation between physical and spiritual, which has always been a, a fine line anyway, but that veil is now being penetrated. And yeah. He said, the question is, the last question I have, it's not about the future, because I think that, you know, as long, if you know Lisa McGarrity and you're hanging out with Lisa McGarrity, you know the future is always going to be bright. <laughs> but <laughs> the spirits that you communicate with, are there three spirits or beings that people on our show can communicate with that can say, hey, look, you know, hi, spirit, uh, my name is uh, so-and-so. I happen to listen to Outer Limits of Inner Truth. I uh, I love Miss Lisa McGarrity. You know, she's cool. She's awesome. Can we start a dialogue? So what three spirits do you have a great connection with that maybe other people who are listening should develop a relationship with that you think they're really they're really positive and loving? It's so interesting to me that you are asking that because I did have um, communication from the um, doctor I mentioned at the beginning of the show this morning, which he really wanted me to make mention of him. I didn't know awesome. he would want me to make mention sure. of him. But well, he we'll has informed me, yes, that he he is was born in China, but lived in the United States, in Chinatown, in New York City, and he is a practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine. So he has, um, he has me calling him Dr. Lin, and I believe this is a gentleman who is more than happy to help folks with their their uh, ailments, whatever they may be. And he's given me very specific medical information that, that when I went ahead and researched it, all made sense, things I would never have known on my own, and then given me really practical uh, um, ideas and suggestions as well. Sure. So, so what's his name? So, what, so people can say so like... Just very simple. The easiest way to call him is Zhao, J-A-O, Lin, L-I-N-N, Dr. Zhao Lin. Dr. Zhao Lin. Hey, Mr. And Mr. Lin, if you're listening right now, it's a pleasure to meet you. Obviously, you're in the right, great company. Right, right. And he's more than happy to, his desire is to help people heal. So That's if awesome. you can find him, you'll know you've got him because he's very funny, he's very sarcastic, and he makes a lot of jokes, and then you'll know you're with the right guy. Awesome. <laughs> and other other spirits, if you communicate, and that we've talked about, it was a white eagle. I, I, I thought it really strange that it was like, it was like four years ago we were talking. Yeah, we that, both, that both was talked very to interesting. Chung Fu, and we both turned up. We were, we were both being guided, and so we had a connection with white eagle. That is true. And right now, I'm working a lot with Celtic deities. So these are the deities that were made famous in history through Celtic mythology. So those are easy spirits for people to connect with. They're they're usually very open to being in rapport with spiritual seekers, so I'm working um, very intimately with the goddess Bridget or Breed, who is an Irish goddess of healing, midwifery, magic, a uh, quick Google search, and people will see lots of, you know, poetry, things devoted to her. She's easy to make contact with. So that's another good source, especially if people are interested in goddess spirituality or in connecting with the divine feminine, I would definitely recommend 
um, making a connection with her. And a great way to do that is to just hold the intention and maybe light a simple candle. Sometimes that's enough to bring the, to bring a real strong connection through. Awesome. And is there another? Was there one more spirit that you recommend? Is there one that you know, that, that specifically will can pull you out of a dark place, or one that, that I would call maybe a play off spirit, like one that maybe doesn't you don't go to on a regular basis because you're like ah eh, you know. But if you're in a crisis, this is the one you reach out to. If I'm in a crisis, I have a tendency to go personally to um, Shiva of Hindu mythology. So for those uh, folks who practice yoga, uh, Lord Shiva was the the founder of yoga. We all know that everybody loves yoga these days. Um, He's also another very loving, very compassionate being, and I would highly recommend. He'll take, take anyone. You don't have to be a devotee to get his attention and to receive his love and care. Miss Lisa McGarity, psychic medium and owner of Envision Crystal. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Lisa, Thanks for having me, Ryan. Oh, my pleasure. You learn more about Miss Lisa, Lisa McGarity by going to her website at envisioncrystal.com. Also, her website, lisamcgarity.com. Lisa, I love you so much. You are a huge part of my life, and I'm always thankful that you have been a part of my life. I mean that, from the, I mean that so much. You are like, you are so awesome and... And I love you too, Ryan. You're a fantastic friend. Thank you. Thank you. you. Great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our terrific guest, Miss Lisa McGarity. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Lisa Caza, and Miss Constance Dellas. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening.